Welcome to the Haunting You Podcast, coming to you live from the Rocky Mountain Home Haunter Studios. I'm John Schultz. I'm Keone Hutton. And I'm Leslie Reed. That was all out of spite. I know, I know. I'm totally okay with your spite. <laughs> I, in fact, I, I live off of your spite. Aww. <laughs> spite tastes good, tastes good with chocolate. <laughs> all right, then. Uh, well, hey, hi everyone. How are you? Uh, today is September 12th. We are like six weeks away from Halloween, and holy crap, I'm behind, and all of that stuff as well. Panic, panic, panic. I am, I am fully in panic mode right now, but I am taking some comfort. I finished putting together the uh, individual videos of all of our ghosts who will be telling Sanguine Creek Estate's backstory. Now I just need to cut them all together into a single video file, add in all of these special little uh, sound background sound effects and ambient sound effects but we're making progress so not much to do at all well and then i have to like put it all into the projection mapping software which i still haven't totally figured out and two days ago i realized have crashed because it ran an update and it didn't like the update and so now i can't get into it so all of those things are sitting in the back of my mind as we uh, get together today to podcast but this is my relaxing, so I, I'm grateful to you two for dragging me out of my hole. Myself and all of our listeners playing the Hunting You Drinking game are incredibly disappointed that through that entire thing you did not say, I'm so excited. <laughs> that's okay, because no. I am so excited today about our special guest. It yes! doesn't work if you do it, but yes. <laughs> Wait, we but- can trade places. Before we get into that, I want to make a public service announcement. There's yes, yes, cu- definitely. Couple, well, I'm really curious what your public service announcement is now. Yeah. Uh, your my public service announcement is the pumpkins public service announce- <laughs> announcement. All yes. right, so we're gonna do two public service announcements. The first, I ha- apparently uh, there is a ton of interest in projections for this Halloween. Can't imagine why, Mm COVID-19, all of that stuff. But I have been answering the same questions on the various haunting sites on Facebook. I have answered the same question like 12 or 13 different times in the last day. So (laughs) to prevent my thumbs from gaining early arthritis, here's a couple of things (laughs) that I would like to share with all of our listeners. And please, God, share it with everybody you know. Number one. There are a ton of projection scam sites that are posting ads on Facebook right now that are stealing images from AtmosFX and Spectral Illusions, using it to draw you into their site, and then promising a cheap-ass projector that will do all of those things. It is a scam. Please stop asking about it. Two, if you want to get into projections, I highly recommend AtmosFX or Spectral Illusions. You can get discount codes for both of those on our promotions page, at hauntingu.podbean.com. Click on promotions and you'll see the discount codes for both of those companies. We also have one for our graphic artist, Mark Lofhouse. If you feel the need for graphic design work, go check out uh, our promotions page because it will save you $20 off of his graphic design work. But uh, third thing, there are a ton of cheap projectors on Amazon that will do a pretty good job. I just got a brand new one. It is the CI Best W13. It is about the size of a dictionary, uh, runs off of a single 120-volt 
power and you can plug a USB drive into it and it will run all night long just doing its thing. It doesn't have quite the contrast ratio I would have liked, but it is better than most of the other projectors I own, so I'm reasonably happy with it. It cost me $80 on Amazon. If you're looking for a cheap projector that will do everything that you need, go check that out. And then finally, screens. If you want to get a screen, go to Joanne Fabrics or your other local fabric store and bring a bright flashlight. Take that flashlight and shine it on whatever piece of material you would like to or you are considering using. If the material creates a bright circle with a really crisp, clear edge, it is good for projections. If it does not, your projections are going to be diffused and look fuzzy. <sighs> okay, there's my public service announcement. Please pass that along to everybody you know so I can stop typing it 12 times a day. Thank you so much. You know, there is such a thing called copy and paste. Yeah, but I'm constantly using Damn. my phone, and I just can't save it anywhere, which is maybe I'll, like, text it to myself, and then I'll save it. Um, oh, you're doing this wow. on your phone? Yeah, because it's, you oh. know, whenever I have five minutes, I check Facebook to Holy see how cow. I can help brand okay. new Do you have a Notes contract. app on your phone? Ooh, there's an idea. Notes oh, copy it into the Notes app, and then you just have to select it, copy it, and paste it into whatever comments you're putting in. That's pretty good. Uh, also, if, uh, if you want to find more tips like this, definitely check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash hunting you, just the letter U, because we have all kinds of tips like this that we are posting just about every day. Damn. You could also find those on Twitter. Where would you find them on Twitter, John? You could go to at huntinguniver1, U-N-I-V-E-R-1. Which will also get you the tips and tricks. Exactly. And what about Instagram? Uh, Haunting University is what you should search for. Yes. You'll Haunting find this University. on there. Exactly. Ah, so thank you all for letting me get that off my chest. I love wow. that so many people are trying to get in projections. I think they just take your haunt to the next level. And I hope that some of that advice will be able to help some of you get started. Please, God, pass it on to everyone you know. Hey, drink a drink. Get a drink of water. Leslie, did you have a public service announcement? Uh, mostly just jumping off of the lots of scams going around with people utilizing legitimate companies' um, videos and advertisements and saying that they can sell you the exact same product for cheaper. Singing Pumpkins is dealing with this right now, as well as, again, Atmos, Atmos FX and Spectral Illusions are both dealing with this. Um, again, a lot of this is happening on Facebook, but I would be not surprised if it's also happening on places like Twitter and Instagram. When you are clicking links, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, and go double check what company it actually brought you to. Yes. In general, see an advertisement on Facebook, don't click the advertisement, Google the name that it claims to be, and find their website directly. Good advice right there. Uh, the other one I keep seeing is for the uh, Home Depot has a 12-foot-tall skeleton with very realistic-looking eyes this year, and there's a company in Vietnam trying to sell it for $20. Huge scam. <laughs> yeah, that's a $300 thing at Home Depot. Yep, yep. So, again, if it sounds too good to be true, it, it probably, probably is. is. It's also the case of, to a certain degree, you get what you pay for. If Facts. you're paying five bucks for something that retails for, you know, 200, you're probably going to get a $5 POS. Yep. I see <laughs> a lot of people in the, in the various haunting sites who try to pick up cheap skeletons at the end of the season and will pay like $5 for a five foot skeleton. Uh, they were actually buying a 12 inch skeleton. Minor difference. 
<laughs> Slightly. I mean... Math is hard. <laughs> 12 inches, 5 feet, 60 inches. There's some math there that makes it work. It, it, to- I mean, it totally divisibles. works. Divisibles. Exactly, exactly. You know, $30 for a 5-foot skeleton, $5 for a 1-foot uh, skeleton. It, it kind of works out. Well, you know, it just divided the 60 inches by 5 and came up with 12. <laughs> totally makes sense. Totally, totally. So, <laughs> I was, there, go ahead, John. I was just going to say, I was a little upset, jealous, like, crap, I don't have a, I don't have a fancy public service announcement. Do we want to talk about, <laughs> do we want to talk about our new partnership? Sure, absolutely we do. We have another new partner. Atmos Effects was nice enough to partner with us, and we have actually gotten another team to, to sign on with us. We, McKay mentioned Spectral Illusions earlier, so Spectral Illusions is our new sponsor. Yes, they are another really exciting company with uh, that produces digital decorations for your download. Leslie is very fond of their shark shark attack yes. video. Yes. Jump the shark. Jump the Zombie shark. You'll, shark. Hear about, yeah, you'll, you you'll hear about it in the ads in the middle of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> zombie sharks you can't go wrong with a zombie you cannot go nope, wrong with zombie you sharks you cannot exactly yeah so anyways we are very excited to be partnered with spectral illusions check out our promotions page and you can save 15 percent off of your digital decorations order with them and then Hunt, haunting you 15 just the letter you haunting exactly. you 15 we'll get you 15 percent off Yes, yes. So thank you to Spectral Illusions for that. All right, so shall we uh, – who's our guest, Les? As mentioned a little bit earlier on the podcast, I am – I get the one – I get to be the one who's super excited today because we are going to have on a very, very special guest, one of my oldest and dearest friends, Barbie Williams. Uh, she is a costumer extraordinaire as well as quite the competent makeup artist. I have known her for – God. 22 years now? Yeah, a couple decades at this point. Long enough for our friendship to be old enough to drink. (laughs) (laughs) And again, she has been doing costuming and um, for college professionally. She's a professional cosplayer, has done a number of classes at Comic-Con type events. Barbie, welcome on. We are super excited to have you. Thank you. Nice to be here. So for starters, can you tell us a little about little bit about yourself and your, I'm going to say, eclectic career? It is a bit, actually. <laughs> um, it's actually a hobby for me. I'm, I, I am a professional cosplayer in that I was trained professionally. I worked for Disney, for Cirque du Soleil. I have costume chops from big names. But I don't use it as a source of income. I don't, like, get paid for appearances and things like that. Um, it's all very fun for me. It's sitting in front of a sewing machine for hours will wreck your posture but it does really <laughs> nice things to my brain so that's I, I use it as a way to unwind um, I get that I feeling actually <laughs> save dogs that's what I do yes that, which Shit. is they, they're not connected at all but <laughs> one helps the other like it, one unwinds from the other it's just a really nice balance so everything I do is all bankrolled by me I'm not corporately sponsored like some of the people you might be familiar with Yaya Han those sorts of people um, that is not my tier of cosplay it would be <laughs> super nice but I just I don't have the time to dedicate to it and in the world right now we don't even know what cosplay is going to look like in the future so we'll see how big is your pack right now? You've got, what, six, seven? I have now? eight right now. Oh, okay. Yes. Like, living at home with you? Yes, living at home with me. Oh, that's awesome. 
Yeah, they're very, very tiny, so they don't even add up to like, full-size <laughs> Just because I'm a dog person, what what species are we talking? Uh, yes. Yes. All right then. <laughs> I I I adopt terminal dogs uh, and mm. special needs dogs, mm-hmm. so whatever needs us just sort of lands here. We've got sure. Yorkies, we've got a Papillon, we've got Supermutts. My baby dog is a Chihuahua. <laughs> a little monster. <laughs> she is. She is awful. She is the worst dog. <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> she's so cute. I'm curious. Like, she misbehaves or she's bad at being a dog? Yes. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> she's bit my husband so many times. She bit through his fingernail once. This is a Holy. little six-pound dog, mind you. Yeah, but chihuahuas <laughs> have sharp teeth. Yes, yeah. they do. She has picked her person, and I am her person, and God help you if you mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's a great dog, but she's a very bad dog for everybody else. Right. <laughs> so that's what I do. Mostly they, they curl up. They love it when I sew. Um, they'll sit. I have an armchair in my, my studio so they can just sit there and kind of watch. They'll they lay on all of my fabric. Oh, my God. Of I will course. forever be covered in dog hair at every convention. It's awful. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, that's great. But, yeah, that's that's me. I dabble in mask making in um armor making which i'm not super great at but i do have all the fancy schmancy materials i just wish i were better at it um doing chainmail or chainmail is easier for me but i mean like like you've seen the the hyper realistic like iron man builds yeah yeah that's all fiberglass and okay and an auto body filler called bondo they're all relatively inexpensive you can get them at home depot it is readily available materials that people just like alchemize into these incredible creations i really wish i were better at armor everybody needs armor i'm taking notes it's true (laughs) not that i need armor but you never know when you can use bond where you could need bondo yeah everybody needs armor they also traditionally do really really well in costly competitions everybody (laughs) needs armor yeah fair enough so let's start at the beginning like where do you get your inspiration to start a costume a lot of times, if I see something, even if I'm not in that particular fandom, I say, ooh, I want that. <laughs> lately, uh, because I am a seamstress first and foremost, lately, lately there was a, a wedding dress on Outlander, and I was like, oh, I can make that. <laughs> Bree's wedding dress from season five, uh-huh. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, uh-huh, with all the embroidery. Oh, so pretty. Oh, uh, embroidery takes for freaking ever. I know, I know. <laughs> but so I pulled off the I pulled off um, the first wedding dress from that show, and that was a ton of embroidery. I embroidered yeah. for months. So I watching Doctor Who was like, I wonder if I could make that bastard mask. Uh, could I create that? And the answer turned out to be yes. And I was not about, that's an entire head installation. That's a front and a back piece with a neck piece as well, because so much of her neck was exposed, even in the Victorian collar that she wore. That's 12 hours in foam latex, like in an entire encasing of foam latex. So I will make it, but I'm not about to wear it. (laughs) (laughs) No, your friend did did an amazing job. She's really great. Yeah, she was such a trooper. That, that's a, that's a hell of a thing. Yeah, and it was her idea. She was like, "Can you do this?" And I was like, "Yes." So tell me, how did you make the Vastra mask? Because that one is that's always been one of those that is just so impressive. Vastra, uh, any mask starts, especially a full head application like that, starts with my favorite part is head casting. It 
involves a seaweed compound called alginate. If you've ever had uh, dental impressions taken and they didn't use that fancy schmancy polymer that they use these days, uh, it was cast in alginate because it preserves detail so well and it's non-toxic because it's made from seaweed. It's actually super good from your, for your skin because it's made from seaweed. So you mix that up, you pour it, basically like just a bucket of it over your head. And then you have to let that harden for about five minutes. But it, it, it hardens to like a gel texture. It's very super easy to tear. Um, so then you have to back that with a plaster so that it doesn't tear, so that the form holds when you take it off of your head. There's a lot more involved when you're making a whole head piece. There is a process called keying, um, which I can go into in a mask episode if you guys decide to do that in the future. But basically what you have is a negative mold of somebody's head when you're all said and done. You then create a positive mold by pouring plaster into that. And then you have a bust, uh, just like any statue you would have. And from there, you, you sculpt up. Um, foam latex has a shrinkage rate of about 10%. So you want to make the mask a little bit bigger than the head you're working on. So you cover the bust in clay and you start sculpting your details outward instead of inward. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then from there, it's just another set of casting to create another negative, and then you cast the negative in foam, and then you glue it onto somebody. <laughs> and it's itchy, and it's hot. Okay, I, I have so many questions. I need to back up. <laughs> uh, for our listeners, can you are describe... Are you all of our listeners taking notes? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm over here yeah. taking notes. Um, yeah, totally. So let's let's talk uh, the words you're using first. Can you... Tell the, talk about the difference between a negative casting and a positive casting, I think was the word you used. Sure. Uh, a negative cast is uh, what would happen, say you take a 3D object, and uh, say a coin, and you make a cast of that object. Um, when you pull that coin out, you're going to have a negative impression, which means something you have to fill. If you have a positive impression, uh, you can build up above that, um, if that makes sense. So you make the negative impression, you fill it, and what you create when you fill it is your is positive impression. It, Correct. Got it. Okay. And then you're actually building the mask onto the bust. Correct. Because then it's like building the mask Directly onto on their a person's face. face. Right. Yeah. But they yeah. don't have to sit there for it. Yeah. Which is a plus, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that, that sculpture took weeks. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at pictures of Madame, so I'm not a Doctor Who person, uh, but I just Googled Vaster as you were talking, and holy moly, that must have been intense. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. How long did you, did it take you? Um, That particular project was about three months, because I did make the, the dress as well. Uh-huh. And what did you make it out of? The dress, or the... No, no, no the mask. So you, oh, you sculpted it with clay, and then... Right, and then you pour foam latex, which is relatively cheap, into the negative you've made of the sculpted positive. And when you pull that out, it it's pieces that you can apply to your face, just like mm. you would any prosthetic. And what do you use for the glue? Spirit gum. You can use all sorts of glues. Uh, Prosade. Um, a lot of these things are overkill. I generally <laughs> use spirit gum. And you don't have to cast in foam latex. You can cast. There are a number of casting mediums on the market today, you can cast it in gelatin, you can cast in foam latex, which is very cheap. There's a product called watermelon, which uh, blends via alcohol, uh, which is quite nice because then you, then you don't have to use adhesives. The science has just come such a long way in <laughs> movie effects. Les, was gelatin what uh, Roz used yeah, on your yeah. face? 
Yeah, that's what I was literally just thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, yeah. it's super, super cheap, and you can reuse them. You can melt them down and make them into something else. So a lot of people, especially when they're learning, will use gelatin for all their prosthetics. Ooh, there's a good piece of advice right there for the listeners. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, when Rallis did mine uh, as the demo, it was with gelatin. Yeah. And his whole class was on doing gelatin for prosthetics and being able to use that as as the immediate buildup as opposed to just putting it on a mask with the gelatin if you got the temperature right you can do that directly onto your subject's face and not only that take it off at the end of the night and put it back on the next day Mm -hmm. cool what do you think is the uh your favorite costume or character that you've made over the years oh goodness <laughs> did uh, Les? Did you see when I did um, what is her name from Enchanted? Oh, oh Giselle. Giselle. Yes, did, I fit nowhere. I did not fit through doorways. I did not fit <laughs> on escalators. They had to fold me up and cram me in an elevator. I was describe it for us. If you've ever seen the Disney movie Enchanted, the hoop skirt has about. An eight foot wide diameter. Here, I'm going <laughs> to share screen real quick. Yes, I was the undercarriage on this thing. I was duct taped from my ribs to my thighs because the undercarriage was so heavy that it was bruising. Okay, guys, can you see? Mm-hmm. There's Fastra. Yes. I got the Fastra. Wow. That is spectacular. Uh, And for all of our listeners who cannot see the shared screen, definitely go check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash haunting you, where we will post some of these pictures for you all to see. Oh, wow. That's pretty good sized. Okay. (laughs) Massive. No kidding. Massive. That actually does not do it justice. There are some sitting shots, and you're just like this. It's, it's wider than I am tall, by at least. <laughs> it, it was incredible. And what was it like Super wearing it? It was it was extremely heavy. It was, uh-huh. it was honest to God, physically painful. Yeah. But it was worth it. I loved that costume. <laughs> so what do you do with your, cos- with your costumes um, after you're done with them? Um, a lot of times I will sell them to private collectors who happen to be my size and want to wear it again. Uh, some of my costumes have ended up in museums. Some of my costumes I make specifically for other people. They will commission me. Sometimes I make costume replicas specifically for museums that I have not worn before. It's just wherever they end up. I don't have the closet space. I can't hold on to things <laughs> like Giselle. Um, she was a monster, so I... What do you do with that? I can't wear it um, over and over again, nor do I want to. I ha- There are always shiny things that are going to catch my attention. So I always want to go on to the next thing, and I just can't store all of it. The one I will never let go of is my Captain America USO girl outfit. I love that one. That is <laughs> a special place in my heart. I really love that outfit. It's super easy to wear. It's super comfortable, especially for summer cosplays. I love it. You mentioned earlier that you worked at Disney for a while. Can you talk about it? I did, yeah. Um, I worked in costuming and cosmetology at Disney. I started with the uh, college program there and transitioned on. Um, It was an incredible experience. I would absolutely 100% recommend it, or I I would before the age of corona anyway. Um, (laughs) But it was was incredible. The the tools that they have are tools you're not going to find anywhere. Like when I make a dress... I have to lay all my pattern pieces out, pin them, mark them, and cut them by hand. Disney has a table 
probably as long as my first floor, they unroll the fabric on it, and a laser arm moves over it and cuts oh all my gosh. the pattern pieces awesome. that you have specified from a computer program. Oh, my God. I, I still dream about that. that <laughs> you don't understand how many hours and back-breaking work that cuts out for a seamstress. Like, you had us at laser arm. Yeah. <laughs> I, say, I, I, I mean, mom. Ta- I mean, you know, my mom. She taught me how to sew. I know how laying out pattern pieces and cutting is my least favorite part of the gig. Like, you want yeah. to sit if you're sewing? I can sew straight seams. Do not make me cut straight lines. Screw <laughs> that. So yeah, that sounds absolutely freaking mag- magical. It was incredible getting their their stuff at my fingertips, like all of the resources that they had, um, everybody that I got to work with there who I started working with Cirque du Soleil through. I worked with their um, fiber sciences team, basically. It's uh, how do you dye this fabric when the dye has to be at a certain temperature to activate but if you raise this fabric to that temperature, it's going to degrade the elastic because everything in Cirque du Soleil, of course, is hyper-performance materials. Mm-hmm, um, sure. And so a lot of what they're doing is pioneering new processes for uh, dyeing and creating fabrics and making things work. It, it was just incredible to be among those people. That's, that's absolutely fascinating. Who were you making costumes for at Disney? Anybody they laid in front of me. I so like characters mostly, and right. Got it. I mostly worked on the Indiana Jones live show. Um, oh, that but sounds I've stitched, fun. Yeah, it was Ooh. incredible. Uh, I've stitched for princesses. I've done all sorts of things. And when you were working at Cirque, I assume you were dressing the performers. Uh, what yes. shows did you work? They have an installed Cirque at Disney World, La Nuba. It's ah, at downtown Disney. Cool. And so it doesn't tour anywhere. It is downtown Disney's one and only. So they have an installed team there. Nobody goes anywhere. Everything is on site. It is really incredible. Definitely going to have to check that out the next time I make it down to Florida. So another question for you. As we are rapidly approaching Halloween and a number of us have not yet picked costumes. Cough, cough. <laughs> you are not alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, given that some of these really, really super intricate costumes if you want to build and design them yourselves or even if you're just planning to go buy the pattern from Joann's and sew it yourself say you're not that skilled or don't have a sewing machine what are ways you're that me. you can say you... it. you're me <laughs> i don't have a sewing machine your wife has a sewing machine you're fine john um, yeah but i'm unskilled well yeah we don't let you play with needles yeah um <laughs> what are your what are your ways to throw together costumes without seeming them? Last and minute. <laughs> last minute, quick, oh crap, I forgot I have this thing. Where do you go? How do you put last minute costumes together? Closet cosplay is a thing. If you've ever heard of Disney bounding, that's a huge subset of closet cosplay. It's basically outfits that are inspired by characters, and people get really, really clever with it. I've seen some incredible outfits done that way another option is if you are short on time but willing to buy something etsy is a great resource that's where i've resold a lot of my costumes uh so you never know what you're gonna find on there any uh shops you could recommend um i haven't bought anything in a long time for myself so i would have to look so nothing off the top of my head no what's your shop then uh detail darling designs there 
I've had it since way before I cosplayed. I started stitching in college and selling on the side there. I don't even know what it has in it. Oh, it's got my Outlander pieces right now, my first ones, and a bunch of masks because Corona. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing I've sewn in so long because, I mean, I could make anything I wanted, but what am I going to do with it when it's finished? Sure, sure. Store it until something happens. Yeah. Yeah, I have a pile of stuff sitting around to do uh, Hamilton costumes. I have literally everything down to the boots and the wigs (laughs) just sitting there. I make my husband dress up a lot. How does he feel about that? He has fun with it. He he has worn velvet in 95-degree weather and not said a thing for me, so. That's love right there. He's a good man. I was going to say, that's commitment. Yeah. You mentioned Uh, wigs. Where, Where do you get your wigs? Um, all sorts of places. Um, the one thing that I really require in a wig, I don't like a hard front. I like a lace front, which is where you get a more natural hairline from. I, I've done a lot of wigging on the side, um, and so I know how to vent my own wigs. And when you get a lace front, you can, you can really make that hairline come to life. I really prefer that. Kay is still trying to process the term wigging. I mean, the only wigging I have ever done is wigging out, so I was waiting for I'm that. way outside my my <laughs> area of expertise here. Kay, where do you get your wigs? Uh, I grow them myself. Thank you. <laughs> uh, when you're not dumpster diving them. That's weird. Uh, uh, well, there is that. Yes. <laughs> I do have a box of dumpster dive wigs somewhere in this mess of my office. Yes, you do. <laughs> we, we cannot all be as skilled as Barbie. <laughs> Oh, I had a thought, and John, you completely derailed me. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. You should be used to that by now. <laughs> what are some of your What are some of the easiest fabrics to work with if you're just getting started? And Ooh, what are some question. of the best places to find? I suppose this is a two part question. So let's start with what are some of the easiest fabrics to work with if you're a newbie? Anything that doesn't stretch. Um, fabrics can either have two-way or four-way stretch. Two-way stretch is especially the devil um, <laughs> because it will stretch in one direction but not at all in the other. And so you have to be careful which way pattern pieces are oriented when you're cutting them out. And that is going to screw a newbie every time. If you want to make something and you're new to it, pick a, a four-way weft pattern, uh, like a cotton weave, a linen, anything that doesn't stretch. Just plain old cotton is great. If you're a little bit more advanced, you can work in jersey, which is a stretch fabric and requires a different type of stitch to hold it together. But the fit is more forgiving if you're working in stretch fabrics. It's just that the construction is a little more advanced. Okay. And if you have done a lot of practice and feel confident enough to take the dive into more complicated things, where do you find fancier fabrics? Um, that's a great question. I've bought a lot of mine in person. If I go on vacation, you bet that I am going to be at a fabric store. When we went to New York, I think we were in mood three or four times before oh. we came home. Uh, and David didn't even complain <laughs> because they have a dog. Swatch oh, so, so he was nice. fine. He was fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Swatch just stood there and barked at him. He was like, this is the best day ever. And I had, you know, I had like four bolts of fabric in my arms, and I was like, this is the best day ever. Everybody got something out of that trip. It was great. (laughs) So you could have left him there, and he would have been fine. I could have, honestly. That man likes dogs. So a lot of times I buy in person. A lot of times I buy online. Again, Etsy, there are wholesalers there who will sell fabric. Joanne is a great local resource. 
I buy a lot of stuff from Joanne, even though their stuff is very geared toward the polyester. It's great for costumes, super great. It's super easy to wash. It stands up to a lot. Joanne will go a long way, honestly. There's always Fabric.com, which is an Amazon-owned subsidiary, which I don't love, but they're there. There's a lot of specialty fabric stores online. It's just, it gets to a point of, can you make a big enough order to get free shipping? That's usually Mm. my threshold. Like, can I get free shipping out of this? Yeah. Do you ever have problems reaching free shipping? No. (laughs) (laughs) When we bought this house, my husband was like, you get a room, and it stays in that room. It's mostly, like, more of half the top floor. (laughs) So it hasn't stayed in that room. No, it hasn't. But it stayed in one specific area, sort of. One quadrant. We'll put yeah, it that it way. sounds like it's it's Mostly. slowly growing like a like a mold. Well, it, it, it's it's hard. It, it's just it, hard. It breeds. It breeds. You know, <laughs> like yarn. You have, I was about to say your yarn. It's, you it's buy, like you yarn. You see something beautiful and you buy it. Yes, and then you sit there and go, oh crap, what am I going to use this for? Oh, it'll be fine. I'll find something. And in seven <laughs> years, you will find. Something. You will I have will. the yarn for that project and. Then you'll realize that you need three more stains. That's true. (laughs) Somewhere in Leslie's house right now, your husband's antenna are twitching like she said yarn. Hang on. (laughs) He's on high alert. That's exactly how it happens. Hey, he's drooling over guitars. I'm allowed to drool over yarn. (laughs) We're all good. We each have our passions. We do. It's the way to do it. I was going to say yours takes up less room, but I don't think it does. Uh, mine takes up a closet, plus a little extra. Like floor to ceiling? Um, not That's quite. the most efficient way to stack yarn. <laughs> there you go. Yes. There you go. Defend it with logic. I like it. <laughs> There's no logic when it comes to yarn. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so tell me about your toolkit. Like, uh, What are your must-have tools if, if you're going to recommend someone who wanted to get started? What, what ha- do they have to get? You have to have a sewing machine. Hmm. I personally have a serger because all of my seams are surged and overlocked and professionally finished, but you don't need that. You can fake an overlock seam on a domestic sewing machine with a zigzag stitch, or you can fray check it, or you can pink the edges, or you can just don't do anything and pray. It, you don't have to finish <laughs> your edges. That's not like my do. strategy. I really like uh, longevity in costumes, and so I finish mine to the highest degree that I can. Everything is lined, everything is edged. You I like also, it. again, you're selling yours, so yeah. I think, again, what are you using it for? So in the haunt industry, if this Correct. is going to be something you use once for one, one haunt and you're probably not going to use it again, you might not feel the need to. And also, Correct. since it's the haunt industry, things tend to look a little dilapidated. It's going to get so. dilapidated sure. anyway, exactly. If you're dedicated enough, you don't even really need a sewing machine. If it, I've, I, I have hand-stitched costumes before, especially in historical costuming, which is probably my biggest love. It's a very niche side of costuming. Um, yes. But not only do they use historical fabrics, they use historical construction techniques, which means everything is sewn by hand. So you can do it. You don't have to have a machine. It'll your, just save you a lot of time. Yeah, in your experience, what's the time difference doing it on a machine versus by hand? <laughs> oh, oh, we should get my sister on for this one. Weeks, months. <laughs> you've seen some. You've seen some of errands that she's done. Yeah, 
Yeah, my sister also has done a number of historical reproductions, and I think while some of the stuff, maybe some of the linings have been uh, uh, machine sewn, uh, she's done a lot of it where the finishing of it has all been by hand, because again, that's the necessity of the time and the era. Yeah. That sounds absolutely terrible. I'm glad there are people like you out there who who want to do stuff like this. So oh, I love it. I don't have it's to figure it out. It's super calming. Besides <laughs> that, I would recommend a glue gun. I mean, mm. you can't go wrong. Okay, glue gun and staples. We've fixed. I've done costume fixes for for shows with a staple staple and a glue gun. Yeah. The problem uh, is I'm, that you can't reposition things with a glue gun. At that no. point, it is glued and it is there forever. Yes. Um, but it's Great in a pinch. You got to be yeah. a little careful what you're what you're stapling to as well. Less. <laughs> like them or not. <laughs> like them well. Oh, Leslie's bad at that. Leslie is bad. At that. <laughs> but that's okay. I can, the scar, I can attest. The scars heal. She never stapled me for the record. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she was saying, it's only the people she doesn't like. Yeah. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to all of you actors out there. Don't yes. annoy the costuming crew because you might get stapled. That's I was going to say, good she... life. Good <laughs> life. <laughs> it really is, actually. <laughs> don't piss off the people who are making your clothes, man. That's don't right. do it. That's right. They might make it a size too small. Yeah. I was going to say, that's how you end up like with assless chaps, but not yeah. you know, intentionally. It's real easy to make a pair of pants street legal, but extremely unflattering. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Hey, write that down. Noted. Noted. So if you are enjoying our podcast right now and you want to find it, I I don't know. I, I still have trouble with that because they've already it's found the, it's it. It's not about finding the podcast. It's about I'm, finding other I'm episodes of the podcast. Who knows where they found this one, but maybe they want to listen to it more regularly. Maybe they want to subscribe. Maybe they're not happy with Podbean because it randomly oh, wow. decides that stop right in the middle of the podcast just when the conversation is getting good and you have to, while you're driving, start the podcast Again. Oh wow. You, Podbean has been you driving have nuts. Some rants today. That sounds very specific. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> I have to continue to recommend Podbean because they host all of our stuff. But their app has been giving me some problems lately. You you are ranting a little today. You are that's like your third rant. It's September twelfth. I'm freaking out. I'm running out of time. I'm done. That's not true. You're done for now. <laughs> but <laughs> while Kay takes his meds, if you <laughs> want to find more episodes of the podcast, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, anywhere you can find your podcast, you can find us. Absolutely. And if you want to see all of the awesome pictures that we're going to post of Barbie and her costumes, definitely check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash haunting you or our Twitter page at twitter.com slash haunting Univer one. Kay, you want to, should we break for a commercial? If we don't break for commercial, I think Atmos FX and Spectral Illusions would get really annoyed with us. So, yes, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, and then we will be right back into it with Barbie Williams. Thanks for listening to those messages from our sponsor. We are back with Barbie Williams. <laughs> oh, it works. It, it, it does. So we're six weeks out from Halloween. Barbie, what are you going to be for Halloween this year? 
And have um, you started on it? I am shamelessly going to recycle a costume. Oh. Um, I know. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we're not doing anything. Normally, <laughs> we would... Uh, a few years ago, we went to, like, there was a party at the... Um, the planetarium here. Uh, there's a lot of stuff typically to do in Chicago, but not this year. So I don't even know if we'll get trick-or-treaters. I honestly think we'll just leave a bowl of candy out because I'm not interested in interacting with people right now. Fair. Um, Fair. Legit. But costumes are the best part of Halloween. So I'll be sad if I don't get one. So I will probably reuse Dr. Crusher because that's where my hair ah, is right now. Nice. Yes. Yeah, I really hate wigging. I I will wig, but they're warm. Wigs are so hot, and I have a big head, so they're not usually comfortable. So and if I can use super long now too, so trying to tack that underneath a wig is a bitch and a half in general. It is, it is. And so if I can use my natural hair, I will nine times out of ten choose a costume because of that. <laughs> that that's actually an interesting discussion point. What do you do with your natural hair if you're wigging? Like, how do you handle it? You, I cornrow mine. I put it under a, I gel it back. I put it under a wig cap. And then you have a base to pin your wig into. Of course, all of that work is very tight. Um, and so it's itchy. It's warm. It's not super healthy on your hair if you have hair that's prone to breakage. Wigging is hard on your hair, for sure. Hey, John. And I get migraines. Super Finally easy. an advantage to not having hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was about to ask, John, is your hair prone to breakage? I figured you were going to do that. I beat you to it. (laughs) Yes. And yes. Uh, It never gets old. (laughs) Yeah, wigs are definitely rough on on those that are migraine prone because of how tightly you have to tack your own hair back. So if you're not going wig-wise, how do you handle styling your own hair? Uh, hairstyling comes naturally to me um, <laughs> as a woman in hmm. the current climate. You <laughs> probably know a thing or two to do with your hair. I grew up in like dance competitions and things like that, so it was super normal for me to sleep in curlers or do whatever I had to do for a big day. And that's no different for cosplay. Um, if you need curls, you, you curl it. You need extensions, you buy them. You can have any hair you want. I mean... As long as you're willing to purchase it. There you go. Yep. And go through the process of learning how to put it in. Um, yeah. If you're someone like me who's <laughs> still mostly inept. You're I can, far more apt than I. I can sort for. of put in curlers-ish. Pin curls are not too bad. I'm okay at pin curls. Pin curls are great. Then I look like a poodle. <laughs> <laughs> still, I do pin curls. Some very Bunch terrible photos I found. Hair. <laughs> we, we, we can buy you some, John. You know, it, it, I was just I was writing that down. Can buy any hair you want. Got it. <laughs> I, I, I actually have a very nice wig here from Descendants Three that I think would look great on you, John. <laughs> I wanted the Harley one. That's mine, <laughs> and I will fight you for it. <laughs> so, say you're needing to do hair dye for your um, costume or whatever you want to do. What hair dyes do you recommend? What type of hair dyeing do you not recommend? Um, Both in terms of switching to, let's call it more natural colors, as well as when Leslie wants to go purple. Do you remember when we were in grade school and we used that aerosol brown dye on your hair? 
Yes. I'll flip shit. I was going to say, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> Is this like no. the, the spray-on stuff yes, that you would get yeah. at like a Halloween store? <clears throat> That's Excuse exactly me. what it was, but it Basically. was it was just a normal brown color. Yeah, it did not turn out well. No, <laughs> no, it didn't. And it stuck around for a really long time. <laughs> my mother was not thrilled. No, she was not. Granted, she's still not thrilled when I play with my hair color, which is basically every four months. <laughs> it it does have to do with how porous your hair is. The more porous your hair is, the more it, like a sponge, the more it's going to soak up color. And the easier it's going to let go of color um, in the presence of certain compounds. What I have learned is that letting go of temporary color, I crush up vitamin C tablets and put it, yeah, in my shampoo. Um, and that seems to clarify it a little faster than just shampoo alone would. I've used all sorts of temporary color um, <laughs> in the past. Uh, I really like Manic Panic. The market is there's no loss of temporary hair color. You can walk into any Walmart or Sally and find something that will work for you. Anything you recommend staying away from? Kool-Aid? <laughs> Please tell me no, you've tried it. No, genuinely, people do have yeah. dyed their hair with Kool-Aid, but it's it's not a dye. Cool. It's a... It's a stain. It, yeah, it doesn't act like a dye, and it's not great for your hair, <laughs> and you won't get rid of it, and it's... It's just not a good idea. It's sticky and you smell like Kool-Aid. Does it yeah, attract like flies? A it can. I bet it If was. you don't get it rinsed out. Yeah. And it's a, yeah, it, it definitely, it's more of a stain. And as bad as dyeing your hair can stain things in your bathroom and other things like that. Kool-Aid's worse. Yep. Yep. It's real sure. bad. I learned something new today. <laughs> I had no idea. Yes. Be wary about letting your boys play Kool-Aid. Yeah. I would also stay away from dyeing your hair with henna unless you are willing to commit to only dyeing your hair with henna. At that point, it's a really great environmentally friendly hair dye, but because there are metallic compounds to it, it doesn't react well if you dye your hair with henna and then later want to dye your hair with commercial hair dye, you're going to have really bad reactions. When you say so henna, you mean like the other. stuff they use for the tattoos? Yeah, absolutely. Tattoos, yeah. I yeah. didn't know you could oh. dye hair with that. It's the, same thing as so it's the same thing as nails. Mm, yeah. Sure, okay. Yeah, uh, you can actually lush mm -hmm. cells three or four shades That's of true, yeah. henna hair dye. I've debated it several times, but since I get my hair done Frequently. about every four, yeah, about every four months, um, seems like it's not a good idea for me. Yeah, you have to uh, let it go. Hey, how often do you get your hair done? Uh, every two weeks. Okay. If it's long enough that I have to do something with it, like comb it in the morning, it's time for a cut. <laughs> you think I'm joking, but that is literally my that is my strategy. No, I know you're not joking, and that's what makes yeah. it funny. Yeah, because I'm just sitting here going, "Wait, you have to comb your hair every day in the morning? I don't even do that." <laughs> that's you know all I've times I've thought I could just wig full time if I shaved my head. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that'd be almost itchier just to not even have the protection of your own hair, though. I don't know. I, I, I just did it so for, close. Yeah, I did it for a year. Didn't, you know, like, bick my head, but kept it buzzed at a zero. And it was very freeing, honestly. <laughs> I shaved heads once for a uh, film fundraiser. Uh, a good friend of mine let me shave her head and uh, a few other people's. And she honestly looked incredible. Um, actually, it was the girl who wore my, my Vaster costume. Okay. Yeah, she looked great. She really rocked it. And I, I was so close to pulling it off. 
<laughs> yeah, I have a slightly oddly shaped head. I did not rock it, but it was very convenient for for that year. I say, my husband loves the fact that he's bald and and keeps his head shaved. And damn, if he doesn't look good, he rocks it. <laughs> he does. He totally rocks. He it. He pulls it off. He does. John, I think you should just commit. See, my issue is that <laughs> I can't pull off being bald, and I can't pull off being nearly bald. <laughs> and if I do back my hair, left. no, not really. I'm not I sure mean, you can pull off hair anymore, though. I just, see. That's the thing. I thought about that. I'm like, see, I think it would look weird now. <laughs> just look creepy at this point. So exactly, exactly. I just have decided. See, this is why the mask thing is not bad for me. You wear a hat, mask. It, 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 nobody notices. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm 100 percent there with you. Uh, Are you though? No, not even a little. But <laughs> you're my best friend, so I will stand by you nonetheless. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so let's talk makeup. Yes. We have talked costuming. We have talked hair. I think makeup is the one big area we haven't touched on yet. Sure. Where do you start? Um, it depends. Uh, what makeup are you going for? There's everyday makeup. There's glamour makeup. There's stage makeup. There's special effects makeup. Okay. Uh, there's whoa, prosthetics whoa, whoa, makeup. Whoa, whoa, I'm freaking out already. <laughs> Break it down for me. For someone who knows nothing about makeup, where should I begin? Um, you are going to want to start at the skin layer. What you want in any of those situations is something that goes on, looks nice, and comes off. Exactly. Primer. 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 Now you're talking my language. Yes. Depending (laughs) on the makeup you're using, your primer is going to be different. In the haunt industry, I assume that you guys are using a lot of stage makeup. So a lot of uh, like cream based things Mm -hmm. um, with a lot of oil in them. At that point, I primed with cheapy deepy cold cream. It's the best thing. Say, say that one more time, name. more slowly. Cold cream, like puns. Cold cream, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. What Please it continue. does, it, it basically, imagine your skin as a sponge, um, especially um, with makeups that have oil-based pigments in them. Your skin is going to drink that up, and what happens is it stains your skin. So you can scrub your skin as much as you want, but the stain is going to be there. What the cold cream does is it puts a layer between your skin and that grease makeup um, so that your skin is not drinking it up. And so at the the end of the night, when you wash it off, it does come off in a a clean layer. So, Les, is this why your sister ended up having (laughs) bullet holes in her forehead for a couple days? This is one of the reasons why my sister ended up with a two, with a with, with a two, double shot in her forehead for a couple of days is one. You know, out of context. Didn't, <laughs> double tap, um, by the way. Double tap. Double tap. Yeah. Double tap. Um, this 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 is discussed a little bit in episode six when I talk about again the importance of priming and double checking to see just how stainable the makeup that you're using is. Um, I. For our zombie haunt that we did several years ago, uh, my sister was a double tap zombie who was still up and moving, which was great and slightly terrifying. But the makeup that I used to do the bullet wounds for her was actually a liquid lipstick. That oh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> see somebody who knows what you're talking about <laughs> oh, reacts immediately. Yeah, it right? was um, it was lip tar. <laughs> Yeah, it was lip tar, liquid, lip, uh, liquid lipstick, and I did not prime nearly well enough or with the right items and did not double check, so my sister had two red spots stained on her forehead for a little while. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hard enough going to like the everyday glamour makeup store and trying to swatch things on your hand and then spending uh-huh. two days with lipstick, uh, liquid <laughs> lipstick especially, is, is a, mm-hmm. a horrible culprit. Um, stuck on your hand because you didn't think to prime the back of your hand when you were testing. And it's even worse on your face, for sure. Yeah, especially if you're going to be wearing it for a long, long period of yeah. time. Um, or in the case of a lot of DIY haunters and um, home haunts where you're not necessarily have the money or the expertise to shell out for an airbrush kit, me, and you're making do with literally the makeup that you buy at the drugstore in Sephora and using it in any way, shape, or form you need to to get the effect that you want. Airbrushes are getting more and more affordable, especially if you buy them as a starter kit and you get everything all at once. Airbrushing is far and away my favorite makeup application. It's the fastest, it's the smoothest, it's the easiest way to get a professional looking job um, as an amateur, and it's the cleanup is relatively easy. Well, and the and the you're not having to worry about washing brushes, washing off your applicators, washing off your makeup itself in between if you're trying to do two or three people yep. or making sure that you've got everything. So your your, your sanitation is it's super hygienic, correct. Far and That's away. why a lot of people in the bridal industry use it, actually, because mm-hmm. you can do the entire wedding party. Or do yep. your entire and, haunts worth of actors. Yep. Yeah. So, again, I'm not there yet. It's on my list of things to buy. So for the meantime, oh, I'm it. still yeah. doing all of my makeup with basically the stuff that I've collected at Sephora over the last decade or so. Although I'm excited. I did get two new liquid lipsticks that are both shades of gray. So I'm going to be playing with those for our, well, for Catherine, for one, and then um, probably for a porcelain doll. Solid. Solid. I'm excited. I'm excited about those two. So, yeah, I was excited. Cap on D, there was a sale. <laughs> like for five bucks. <laughs> it was great. I'm just rolling my eyes. But you do it enough for me. Uh... <laughs> well, okay, you don't need what am I supposed to do? You use the... You use the natural process. I, I do prefer I do prefer the uh, the natural process of whacking myself in the head with a hammer and allowing the blood to drip down my face. Much simpler to pull off for someone unskilled as me. I don't recommend it for anyone else, but it worked for me once. As far as speed, <laughs> and you we'll do our best. <laughs> we'll do our best to make sure it doesn't have to work again. Indeed, indeed, it did take only about you know twelve seconds to to get it all done. Yeah, pretty much. Why do we want to do our best to make sure that doesn't happen again? Why would anyone want to do that? Same reason we don't recommend theft, John. Oh, fine. So we are getting very close to the one-hour mark. I think it's a good time to ask you, Barbie, for any closing thoughts. You know, our audience is primarily home haunters, people who are not experienced with costuming and makeup. What are your departing words for for them? You definitely don't have to have the degrees and the expertise that I have to try something. You don't have to have the top of the line tools. You don't even have to have the industry standard tools. I mean, you can make anything work. The liquid lipstick is a perfect example of that. Um, (laughs) Glamour makeup can do double duty. Um, Home tools can do double duty. Just give it a try. I mean, I think more people should really believe that they can pull something off with DIY skills, I think there's a lot of satisfaction in it versus buying a finished product. And especially in the Halloween community, I think it it has a massive place in your repertoire. Absolutely. And Home Haunters, we tend to be fairly DIY type people. And so this is one of those really fantastic areas. If you don't have a lot of skill here, it's a good time to start experimenting and see what you can pull off. 
I mean, all it takes is soap and water, and then you can try again if you don't like it. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Soap and water and uh, a properly sized seam ripper. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a good tool to add to the toolbox seam ripper seam rippers have so many uses yeah you could jab yourself in the head and let the blood drip down you definitely yeah. could yeah. <laughs> or fingers i've stabbed myself many times in the fingers with Ooh, so, much blood. Things. so much blood. <laughs> and then it just makes your costume more authentic so there you go just for, for for sanitation just make sure you're the one wearing it right or peroxide. Yes. Hydrogen peroxide will get blood out of fabric. You're welcome. Yes, it will. And if you do get too much blood and it's actually real blood, don't wash it in hot water. Cold water. Oh. Hot water sets the blood. If you yeah. want it set for, you know, purposes, then go for it. You're just full of good tips today. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Well, I think that, we're like I said, we were right about that one hour mark so uh, barbie just want to say thank you so much for coming on for sharing your expertise for telling us your stories we had a lot of fun and definitely gonna be trying out some things awesome you guys have an awesome halloween i miss you thank you so much for coming on really really glad that we could have you uh and get your again your expertise and all of your experience for the years that you have been doing hair makeup costuming and turning yourself into whoever you want to be yeah, no problem. If you guys decide to do that mask making uh, episode, be sure to give me a ring. I love mask making. Body casting is super zen. <laughs> for, the mo- is. for the model like, or for you? For well, if I'm you're often like the model. Being, I like being the casting model. I uh-huh. don't like wearing the finished product. Sure, sure. But it's Fair like enough. prime nap time. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely reach out. Sounds good. For sure, yeah. Okay, I will talk to you guys soon then. All right, cool. thank Sounds you, love. Have a good one. Bye. 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 She was a lot of fun. I love my twin. <laughs> so, closing thoughts, or reflecting thoughts. We'll definitely be posting a bunch of pictures of some of the cosplays she's done. She has done a lot of super intricate costumes over the years. She really, really has. And I don't want our listeners to see those images and feel intimidated that they're not going to be able to do those things. Or, you know, again, this is all just, you know, she started, I mean, honestly, she started doing this when I met her. So, you know, middle school, little elementary school kid, she was already starting to learn these skills. This is something that it takes years of practice to get to this level. And there are so many things that you can do even just starting out. Patterns have gotten much more clear if you're going online or going to Joann's or places like that and purchasing a pattern. They have a lot more costume patterns at places like Joann's. I've actually started to see that they've got the EVA foam that you can use to build costumes and to build armor in uh, ways to do these. Oh, I wanted to ask her about the use of EVA foam and stuff. Yeah. That's okay. You know, more places are starting to carry more of these tools and materials that you can use even as a beginner. So a lot of it is just a matter of getting an idea of what you want to do, doing some research online. Google, again, Google, great friend, always an advocate. And then honestly, just sitting down, taking a deep breath and going through the process and you're going to screw it up, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's ruined. Everything is fixable. 
Yep. I, I was really amazed the last time I went into Joanne, you know, I went looking for mosquito netting for projections, but they mm-hmm. have an entire section dated, dedicated to cosplay. And mm-hmm. I had never seen that before. So, yeah, I mean, it's relatively new. And a lot of it, I think, is coming out of um, the the mainstream embracing of, let's call it nerd culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, MCU is, is a huge thing. All of these things are becoming much more commonplace and, you know, part of the general conversation. And I think that that is shown by, you know, stores catering to this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, when I was growing up, my, my mom made a lot of my costumes. She's a seamstress. And going into Joanne's, you know, every year we'd be able to go in and, you know, we'd be able to pick what costume we wanted out of all the patterns. And, you know, as a kid, there weren't a lot. And now I go in and they'll have entire pattern books that are just completely dedicated to costuming. So all of these things are really, truly coming much more to the front of what we can do and what's available. And, you know, like Barbie said, airbrush makeup is starting to come down in price. It is no longer something that is completely out of the reach and they're starting to do starter kits so you know it's not just that you get you know you have to buy the airbrush and then you have to go buy all of your colors you buy your airbrush it comes with the basic colors that you're going to need to do 90 percent of what you're likely to do and you know again we, we talked about this in episode six but to reiterate a lot of your good haunt makeup you should really focus on trying to use three colors because anything more than that, it just gets too complicated. It starts to take too long. So if you're doing just straightforward, you know, ghost goblins and ghouls, chances are you really only need about three colors to do that. What three colors? It depends on what you're doing. Uh. Depends <laughs> on what you're doing. Fair enough. A witch, yeah. you're going to want green, black, and maybe yellow. Um, a ghoul, probably black, white, and red. Um, a lot of it is, is really... You know, you see things that are so complex and you think you can never do that. So many things you can also do in a very, very simple way and still get the same effect. Especially in a haunt where you have so many other things that are going to be working in your favor. You have lighting, you've got sound, you've got all the atmosphere. So you can simplify very, very complicated things without losing any of the intensity and the impact. Yes, that's that's actually a really great point. Both with your costuming and your makeup you definitely need to be thinking about what the lighting is going to look like where that person is going to be. Because if you have a lot of reds in your costume or your uh, makeup, then you're under a red light. All of that is going to turn black. And so you may be wasting a lot of time, wasting a lot of effort, putting things in that it will just get washed out because of, because you didn't consider the lighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of details that, you know, and this is something I struggle with as I design things is there's a lot of details that I want to put into things that are just going to get lost because they are so tiny. And, you know, you're doing jump scares, you're doing, you know, really, really your goal is to scare quick and keep them moving. A lot of those little details are going to get lost. And while they might be helpful to some degree, it's not something to try and kill yourself over 
to get them into whatever you're trying to design and build. Yes, it, it makes a huge difference what you are designing the costume for. If it's a person who's going to be out front, a line actor who is uh, keeping people entertained while waiting to enter your haunts, that's a place where you may want to put more detail because people are going to have more opportunities to look at them while they're standing in line and soak in those details. Compare that with someone who is jumping out from behind a drop panel. You're going to see them for one or two seconds and nothing else. So very in that case you need very macro detail you Mm -hmm. don't want very micro detail you want something that's gonna make a huge impact immediately because they're going to see it for two seconds and then be gone yep yeah so yeah great points less anything else you want to you want to talk about before we wrap it up if you have any questions for for barbie please let us know we'll we'll provide her social media information when we post this but uh if you lose it or can't find it or you know, just shoot us a message on Facebook or a tweet and I will absolutely reach out to her and get you get you a response. Absolutely. You could do that by going to our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash haunting you, tweeting us at haunting Universe one, gramming us at haunting university on Instagram. Nobody actually came back and told me what the proper verb is for gramming someone, so I'm sticking with gramming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, you can definitely get in touch with us, and we will pass along any questions we have, any questions you have, back to Barbie uh, and post up the responses on our social media. So, quick plug before we go, we have announced the winner of our first Atmos FX digital decoration giveaway, and that was Mr. Richard Smitherman. Congratulations, Mr. Smitherman! I hope the uh, Halloween moon serves you well in your haunt this year. But with the release of this episode, this is episode number 30. Wow, this is episode number 30. That's very exciting. It is. We are starting our second Atmos FX digital decoration giveaway. So definitely check out our sites on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Find the giveaway, share it, and like our page, and you will be automatically entered to win the... Boo Crew! Yeah. And, Boo you crew. Will, and you will be automatically entered to win Atmos FX's Boo Crew digital download. It's a really fun scene of ghosts telling jokes and interacting with trick-or-treaters, and there's a song that my kids will not stop singing. Uh, <laughs> it is a lot of fun. If you are interested, go find our post, share it, and like our page, and you will be automatically entered for that drawing. What else? Uh, if you want to find our podcast, Les, where can they find our podcast? Uh, you can find our podcast happily pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, really, where, Pandora, Spotify, Pandora, uh, Amazon, uh, FFLMPG or something like that. I don't recognize that one, but somebody keeps listening to us on it. If that's you, thanks for listening. Awesome. We're on Amazon now. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, we're not actually on Amazon yet. That one's coming. Okay. Or something. We're like getting that. there. We're but getting again, there. Google haunting you podcast and you will be, we will be findable. Exactly. Exactly. I want to give a quick shout out to Jennifer Flurry. Uh, thanks for being a listener. You reached out to us on, you reached out to me on Facebook and said you were enjoying, uh, said you were enjoying listening. So we are very excited to have you as a listener. If you want to have a shout-out, uh, reach out to us on any of our social media, and we will give you a shout-out as well. Absolutely. Anything else? I think that about wraps it up. Again, for the next, well, next couple of months, we are going to podcasts per month uh, in the run-up to Halloween. For our next, at least one of our next two podcasts, we will 
be doing another round of discussing things we love about fall and the Halloween season and ways to celebrate Halloween even if you are not putting on a haunt or not able to go out and celebrate the way you usually do. Uh, we'll be discussing some of our favorite recipes, some of our favorite movies, and other fall traditions. Exactly. I think that will be our October 1st release, so definitely tune in for that. I'm looking forward to that episode. Otherwise, we are six weeks away from the big night, so get your haunts and gear, get your costumes finalized, and all of those things. Despite COVID, I think this will, uh, despite COVID, we have an excellent opportunity with Halloween on a Saturday to uh, make some lifelong memories for everybody who comes through. So, from all of us here at Haunting You, stay safe and happy haunting. Bye, everyone! <laughs> Thank you for covering for John. Absolutely. Haunting You is a production of the Rocky Mountain Home Haunters, LLC. All audio clips and sound effects are used under a Creative Commons attribution or public domain license from Purple Planet Music at www.purple-planet.com or the Sound Bible at soundbible.com. Please see our Facebook page for more information on all the clips used in this episode. Haunting University can be reached via Facebook at www.facebook.com slash haunting you with the letter U or on Twitter using the handle at haunting Univer one that's haunting U-N-I-V-E-R-1. Be sure to check out our new page on Podbean at www.hauntingu.podbean.com. We're really excited to have you here today. Leslie has told us so much about you. Oh, Lord. <laughs> only the good stuff. You know, there's only 22%. I want to know what percentage is true. All of it is true. <laughs> I don't know if I would admit to that, but that's awesome. <laughs>